Hello, everyone. This is Martin Willis, and this is a special edition. It's about an hour long or so with my good buddy, Alejandro Rojas. And we're going to be talking about the whistleblower. I call it a bombshell. It hasn't exploded like a bombshell should, but um, there, there is still, it's, it's gaining momentum in the media. And I was thinking, uh, who would be a really good person to talk uh, to about this? And Alejandro came to mind right away. Uh, Ralph Blumenthal will be on, uh, and that will be released, I believe, at Friday at 8 p.m. So check this YouTube channel out then. But anyway, Ralph uh, of Blumenthal being one of the journalists. Um, so Alejandro and I will be discussing this, you know, what we know. And uh, Alejandro, welcome. Hello. It's great, it's great to see your your cheery face again. It's great to be back on this wonderful show with my wonderful buddy, Martin Willis. Yeah, you bet. Uh, Alejandro, so, you know, you you also, we're going to be talking, talking about Enigma Labs as well. But let's talk about this whole thing. You know, that, that we'll, we'll save for the end of the show. But basically, this uh, was, it was quite the news that I woke up to. I was, I was kind of kind of surprised to see the debrief had released it. And um, I'm sure their website is getting, uh, I'm surprised it's still up, you know, with the amount of traffic it's been, it has been getting, but um, a little surprised that it was published in that it's a great, they do a great job and I'm not belittling them in any type of way at all. I'm just saying that I was surprised it, we didn't see it like in, in the press you know, as, as something would really seem to gain a ton of momentum that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. Um, you know, uh, I, you know, there were rumors going on on UFO Twitter yep. that, uh, someone would be stepping forward. Yeah. Uh, and that it would be someone who was credible and had, a um, you know, an interesting background. Um, there was even, I think his name leaked, um, somewhere or in a couple places. Um, and I had, you know, a, at least a little bit of information to, uh, about, you know, some media working on it. So I was also surprised to see it pop up. I think UFO Twitter was under the assumption the Washington Post would be putting this out. Yeah, um, that's, so that's I was surprised. What I was hearing. Yeah. It was the debrief. Um, like you, not because of, uh, the debrief itself. I think it's an excellent outlet. I'm a huge fan of the debrief and, and all the writers involved. Yep. And, uh, uh, I guess it's but like you, the story or the claims are so big, you would want to see that on, on something larger. However, you know, um, not again, not to disparage the debrief at all. But you do have like some nuance, some quirks where I think that you wouldn't see in larger outlets. Um, and, uh, you know, there were people out there like Bryce Sable, the Roswell Daily News, saying that uh, other outlets had passed on the story. Um, I could see that because, you know, there aren't any receipts. It's, it's once again claims that we have to trust the, the anecdotal information from one person or uh, in this case, also the reporters and what they claim to have seen. Um, and, you know, that that's not as juicy, right? That's not as um, substantial as a lot of outlets would want. Um, but, you know, I, from what I understand, they were working on it. And then Ralph Blumenthal had tweeted that he they didn't they were being pressured 
Um, he didn't claim who they were being pressured by, but they were being pressured to get the story out as soon as possible. And that's why they didn't want to wait for the other agencies. They just went straight with the debrief. Um, so what, really what do you think, go ahead. What do you think uh, that's about who would be leaking that? So we get on UFO Twitter and I had I got a call a couple of weeks ago um, from someone about this that, you know, expected to come out in the Washington Post. It was supposed to be last Monday, not this Monday, but the Monday before. And so, you know, first thing, got up early that Monday morning and looked at the Washington Post, saw nothing. And um, but how do you suppose that got out there? I mean, you would think that they themselves would keep it very quiet. I'm talking about a Ralph and Leslie. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> you know, when you're going around um, to different outlets and sharing information, um, to kind of groom them and find out who wants to share this story, then you're sharing it with a lot of people. Uh, and so inevitably, or, you know, the more you share it with, the more chances it's going to get leaked. So uh, the Roswell Daily News had been, you know, obviously in the loop to some degree because they were kind of giving clues that they knew what was coming up. Um Something like a week before it had come out, they said this was going to be information coming from Colorado, which it did. Uh, so, uh, and this is actually turns out to be an individual who people have been working with in the past uh, for right. the last two or three years. Uh, he was a part of the UAP task force. Um, right. yeah. so, uh, famously, uh, now the two people who ran the UAP task force. Um, Jay Stratton and Dr. Travis Taylor, who is the lead scientist, are on television now on the Skinwalker TV show on a regular basis. Yeah. They're also touring with Alien Con and the Ancient Aliens group. So, you know, these are all very high profile people. So I think that's how some of this information started to get out there. I see. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, what do we know about David um, Gersh? Uh, I believe that's I, I may be pronouncing his name a little bit off, but it's 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 something like that. Um, do we know a lot about him? Obviously, um, there is enough out there for information that um, he was involved in everything he was. I believe I heard that he had something like uh, a, a, a clearance good enough for over uh, 2,000 programs or something like that. So he's is he seems very legit. Uh, I guess what I'm... You know, we hear the positive and negatives when anything like this happens. We always do. Um, the positives are his integrity. Um, the negatives are, well, there's no firsthand knowledge. There's no, uh, he didn't actually see things personally. These are things that were told to him. However, the people that told it to him are very high clearance, uh, people that would know these type of things. So um, I don't think that he would be I mean, I personally don't think that he would be used as a disinformation agent type of thing. I don't I mean, that that's that's kind of silly. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, I think anything's possible. Uh, you know, he's definitely a credible person, uh, high level. He's worked for National Geospatial Intelligence Agency uh, and the NRO, which is a national reconnaissance office, um, both, you know, agencies that are 
you know, when it comes to geospatial, they're in charge of satellite, satellite observation, um, national reconnaissance, the similar type of thing. So these are both intelligence agencies, you know, using um, technology to observe what's in the skies uh, and looking for unknown. So he's definitely very credible. Uh, there have been many people who have come out to uh, to say that he's an up and up guy, that he's very honest, that he uh, to substantiate that he did work in those departments. So he seems to have a, a lot of credibility. Um, the issue comes back to though is you know, what he's claiming. So he's claiming that. You know, as a part of the UAP task force, he had people coming to him to tell him these, um, you know, these organizations exist, these uh, programs that are te technically off the books or technically illegal because they're shirking, you know, congressional reporting. They're not reporting to Congress like they should be what they're doing um, in order to keep secret what they've been working on, which is allegedly, you know, uh, back engineering or working on retrieving crashed objects, um, including bodies. Uh, he says that there's been, and, and this is the part that I think I have a hard time uh, really wrapping my head around or, or a hard pill to swallow, that for the last 90 years, there's been an international arms race centered around retrieving alien technology um, and using it to create weapons. Um, that's a bit difficult to understand. I mean, we don't really, I don't think we've seen that with our eyes, you know, historically. So uh, I really have a hard time believing that would be the case. Uh, and, you know, the people who have come forward thus far, including Lou Elizondo, um, Eric Davis, uh, Dr. Eric Davis, who, you know, I interviewed, who told me similar things uh, years ago, you know, they're very credible um, and they've been telling these stories for a long time, but we're lacking receipts. We're lacking any proof of any of this. And this is another person to add to that list of credible people making incredible claims, but have yet to, um, you know, substantiate those claims. And I think that's where we're yet we're at. So, I mean, I know a lot of people interested in this field are getting really excited uh, but I think that it's premature, uh, having done this and written about this for a very long time, uh, being someone who's interviewed all these people and knows a lot of them firsthand for, for decades now. Um, like I've said on Twitter is that a lot of times these, these stories can fall apart in unforeseen ways. Uh, some people ask, you know, make the point, hey, you know, if this guy was, was lying, he's going to get in a lot of trouble. He would never lie. Well, just because he's sharing information that uh, that he believes and has been convinced is real uh, doesn't mean he's lying. But it also, at least we don't know for a fact that he's also correct. And I think that's what we need to wait for. Uh, that'll hopefully happen. And yeah, but, the yeah. uh, hmm. go ahead. No, 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 no. You had continue your thoughts. Sorry. I was just going to say. Uh, you know, and it's kind of funny, someone just said, Stephen, they won't substantiate ever. And that's the hard part is uh, the path to substantiating this information is somewhat difficult. Uh, in other words, if they had shared classified information with Congress and, you know, Congress won't share classified information either, at least people who have been 
um, you know, read in or who have, uh, you know, they're, who are also, you know, they're not supposed to share classified information. What they have to do is ask the Pentagon, which is part of the executive branch, to release this information publicly. And they may not want to. Um, mm. And who knows what information Congress is given. They may feel that secrecy is justified. Uh, you know, there's a lot of scenarios in which perhaps uh, the information is not substantiated. So again, we have, you know, a, an, a, another credible person making incredible claims that they just can't, you know, get their hands on the receipts to prove to the public that's the case. And I think that, you know, a lot of people are, we all saw last week, and this news has kind of taken over the headlines, even though we had this uh, incredible four-hour panel discussion, you know, with NASA last week. And uh, NASA is taking the stance that, you know, we've just got to collect the data on our own. We can't trust that uh, we'll get data from the military. And we need to be careful and understand the type of data that we're getting. Um, and I don't think that's a, a bad angle. Uh, I'm a board member of the Scientific Coalition for UAP Studies, and that's the same angle we take, is that we're focused on gathering data, uh, writing papers on the data that we can gather to, to have a better understanding of this phenomena. Um, but we don't wanna wait for people to share information with us um, when work can be done right now. And I think that was a suggestion with NASA was to go start gathering the data you need to do scientific investigation and then do that scientific investigation. Now, I think one thing people have to consider is if the military starts to make some of these claims, then the scientific community is still gonna say, prove it. Because, mm. um, you know, one of the things that Eric Davis had shared with me is that, you know, doing uh, science in black projects, uh, you know, special access programs is very difficult because science takes cooperation. That's why there's transparency. You're working with a lot of different experts in their various fields to get input to do your research. And if you're working on a black project, you've got only a limited amount of people who can work on that that are read into the project. If you want to work with someone else, you've got to get them read into the project. And that can take literally years to get them uh, the security clearances they need. And uh, so it's very difficult to do that sort of research. That's why Dr. Eric Davis claims that, you know, that the objects that have been found have been locked away, kind of like Indiana Jones. And they're waiting until, you know, they understand more about the nature of the, the technology before they go try to take another stab at it. But that they just can't make heads or tails because they don't have enough cooperation and a big enough team to work on it. So, I mean, there's there's a lot of nuance. There's a lot um, going on that uh, that we need to wait and be patient and um, watch this whole thing, you know, uh, as it progresses. But it does seem to be progressing pretty quickly because you definitely have a lot of people coming out that at least are saying, hey, this guy's very credible. And now we've had at least one um, person from the House, maybe even two, I think maybe Tim Chet as well, who have come out and said, we want to have congressional hearings and we want to ask the Pentagon about this, uh, these claims that are being made. Well, um, Alejandro, I seem to be, I don't know if you're, 
seeing me clearly here, but I seem to be having a little bit of a problem with my internet. Um, I, I'm gonna put this up, uh, this up because this is something the Pentagon released yesterday, midday, and uh, I'm going to uh, reboot my internet. And I wonder if you could talk uh, to the uh, audience on this um, until I come right back. Okay, sounds good. All right, so here, uh, this was released uh, midday yesterday, and they right. are saying, yes. And But let me just ask you this before I go and reboot here. Um, did, is this, could this be possible that they just plain uh, would not know because it was not shared with them? That's um, difficult to say as well. There are people who are claiming that, you know, um, Arrow doesn't have the authority or enough of a clearance to be able to have the information on this. Hmm. Um, so, uh, but there are other people that are claiming that actually there were special provisions that do allow Arrow to have this sort of information. Um, this particular uh, thing that you shared with me was from Susan Goff, uh, the representative from the Pentagon. And, you know, let me, I also tweeted that out. So let me look at it so I could read kind of to the audience everything that was said in there. But it's very similar to um, what they've said previously uh, when items like this have come up. But they're saying, today, Arrow has not discovered any verifiable information to substantiate claims that any programs regarding the possession of reverse engineering or extraterrestrial materials have existed in the past or exist currently. Arrow is committed to following the data and its investigation wherever it leads. Arrow, working with the Office of the General Counsel and the Air Force Office of Special Investigations, has established a safe and secure process for individuals to come forward with information to aid Arrow in its congressionally mandated historical review. Arrow's historical review of records and testimony is ongoing and due to Congress by June 2024. Arrow welcomes the opportunity to speak with any former or current government employee or contractor who believes they have information relevant to this historical review. And I think one of the key phrases in this is that they, uh, they don't have any verifiable information to substantiate the claims. Because remember, we are talking about, at least in this case, you know, one person who's come forward and, and they would need to verify those claims. If there are others who have come forward as well, um, you know, they, they need to substantiate it. I don't think they're going to take anybody's word for something as uh, substantial as this. They're going to do the work to try to substantiate that information, which could be uh, something that takes a lot of time and, and it's difficult. If someone comes in and says, you know, they were part of a program that was buried under this program and under this program and under this program, then there's a lot of kind of investigation work that has to be done to go ferret that information out. And that certainly can take time. So it may be the case that, you know, uh, this could be just it could be that they are in the process of reviewing this information because we've heard from Chris Mellon and this article in particular that, um, you know, Arrow and, and Congress has been approached and that information has been shared. So, um, but again, you know, they, they've got to um, vet that information. So they have to do the investigation to figure it out. 
Um, but let's see. I think Martin's not back yet. But let me look at some of the questions that you guys have. Um, doo -doo -doo. News Nation. Uh, yeah, that's another news outlet that did interview Grush. Um, I would definitely highly recommend everybody looking at News Nation. Uh, I've been tweeting those out. And of course, you can see on the screen my Twitter handle there. Uh, news Nation has interviewed Grush and they've got more follow up interviews going on um, today uh, and possibly throughout the week. It seems like they're really running with his story, um, which is great that there is an outlet that is covering it. Uh, and, you know, someone asked me earlier, they suggested, well, what if the Washington Post is still trying to vet this story? Will they post the story if they're able to do that? Um, that's really interesting. That could be possible. So we'll see what's going on with that. Um, but uh, it, it, I think that um, we've just, again, got to be patient and, and wait to get more information because we do have to... Um, um, you know, we do, I think, are all waiting for something more substantial to substantiate this. Yeah, someone mentioned the Title 10 versus the Title 50. Those are different types of levels of administration uh, when it comes to the government. Um, and that's where the point is being made that uh, Arrow um, has a lower level of uh, administration than is necessary, but uh, there were provisions in the NDAA to account for that. So they could receive this sort of information. Um, Douglas Dean Johnson is kind of a specialist in this area. Someone else you can find on Twitter that can give more information on that. Uh, <laughs> someone says, all I know is that I'm getting more and more confused as uh, this information comes on. Oh, Look at this. I've got Martin Willis calling me on my phone. Let's see what happened to Martin. Hey, Martin. <laughs> you put me on speakerphone. I'm, yep, I'm you're on speaker. Sorry. Yeah, I'm, I'm terribly sorry. I'm, I'm working. I've rebooted my internet. It's not coming back. And uh, But hang in there. I'm going to try to get back in <laughs> as soon as I can. And uh, this is, I, I seem to be having trouble. This is in my main location. I'm going to be in south carolina in a couple of weeks down there for quite a while so that's uh what do they call that fiber optics down there so it should be good to go down there but uh sorry you have that image up in front of you i don't know if uh people can hear me over the microphone but uh probably yeah all right <laughs> this is this will be interesting it's still no internet here uh, so uh Let's see, as we're going along. Well, I do want to answer a question here, and I'd love to hear your response, okay. too, because I think we have yeah. a similar perspective. They said, could Bob Lazar actually be legit? And I think that's that's a dangerous thing. Um, you know, all of the people in the past who have had really wild claims, this doesn't necessarily validate those claims. And um, Bob Lazar had very specific things. And I don't think that uh, what we're hearing from Grush does validate what Bob Lazar is saying. Um, I've done that yesterday. I had some, uh, an email yesterday, someone saying exactly the same thing. And, uh, you know, I mean, you, you're making a good point. There's, there's, uh, and I always get a lot of grief when I talk about, you know, Bob Lazar, but there's, there's so many holes you can punch through that, that story. You know, a couple of things are coincidentally interesting, but, um, you know, it yeah. seems like he may have had some information, but, um, I, I don't, you know, with, with all the other, um, things that, 
uh, makes his story fall apart. I don't think it, it really validates him in any type of way. I'm sure there are plenty of people out there that really uh, want to make it work uh, fit, you know, so Bob, so Bob Lazar has a, a, a standing, um, you know, that I'm sure they're going to want to try to make this uh, a part of what they believe that makes yeah. his uh, story the truth. And someone's making a point net here is that Lazar has the ability now to go through that whistleblower process, but he's not. Um, and really I think good point. that's a great point. Also, you know, to your point is that we're coming across more and more information. There are researchers out there who are really kind of finding more and more information about Lazar uh, being untruthful about his past and, you know, his, his, his criminal past. Um, so I think the, uh, the background there is, is sketchy. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say that Stanton thought Bob Lazar was legit. That's actually, I knew Stanton very well. He's a friend of mine. He felt that uh, Lazar was lying about his um, educational background and there was no doubt about it. Um, Absolutely and, no doubt about it. Yeah. I've, I've said on this show, show that I have uh, someone that can do amazing, uh, that's involved in MIT, that's all I'm going to say, in their records research. And uh, that person said it's absolutely impossible that he was there because uh, with all the redundancy of records, there's no way it could have been expunged all the way through. And, you know, uh, so when someone lies about their education, what else? How, how can you trust every everything that they say, that type of thing? That's well, and there were more sense. lies. Um, if you look at his criminal background and you look at some of the, uh, you know, criminal records, uh, there's a whole history of uh, lies and, and poor information being shared there. In fact, you know, um, it seemed like he had a tendency to just make stuff up Um instead of sharing the truth, if you really look at his background and, and his claims in, in the past, and there's a lot more of that coming out. And again, Douglas Dean Johnson is another great source for some of that information. But uh, some people are asking, you know, where do we go from here? What is this all going to mean? And it's really hard to say. And that's what's really difficult because uh, when, and, and this is why I, I have been a little bit critical because we're at a stage right now where we need those receipts. We've got people coming out who have, are making extraordinary claims left and right. We have, um, you know, uh, um, people who are very credible coming out and making claims left and right, but they're just claims thus far and we don't have the receipts and, you know, we're past the time of making claims. And I think the, the issue has been ever since that New York Times 2017 uh, article that these claims have persisted now for years and personally being someone who works with the scientific community who works with uh the media you know there those are two uh communities that are very very skeptical when it comes to this topic and none of this has helped at all in fact it's hindered because the longer we go with these extraordinary claims not being verified the credibility also goes down and, and that's unfortunate. I think that we all have noticed that the media has not picked up and have kind of gone away from the story of UAP mostly um, until NASA, you know, did their thing last week. And, and you know, I think that's, that's great that NASA is not dropping this, but um, 
the credibility of this topic has really taken a beating with this information not being verified uh, and these claims just being so bombastic. Um, so we have to to wait. And, and, you know, another point that I would make is that, uh, and the media sees this, is that, you know, a lot of what was in that New York Times 2017 article by uh, Ralph Blumenthal and Leslie Kane, who also wrote this um, article, was inaccurate. And uh, for instance, you know, it wasn't a tip that got to $22 million. Uh, it was a program called OSAP that was a precursor to, to ATIP. OSAP wasn't just uh, a UAP research uh, project. It was actually on the face, uh, an advanced weapons analysis project, which, you know, a ton of articles had come out related to that. Uh, and, and, but in the background, we know from the guy who ran OSAP, Lekatsky, and his book, Skinwalker at the Pentagon, it was actually a paranormal project. Hey, look at I'm back. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. I don't know what's going on with this internet, but thank you, Alejandro, for carrying the torch here. Uh, hopefully I won't have any more issues with this. But anyways, to finish my point that, you know, uh, OSAP turned out to be a paranormal program. And, you know, when we have uh, these people from the OSAP and ATIP and, and the same people who work with UAP task force, um, this group of people and, you know, Stephen Greenstreet, people love to, to hate on him and uh, who writes for the New York Post. And I personally think that he goes overboard in these very sensational to the point that he's also inaccurate. But, you know, there are people looking at his information where he's sharing. And this is stuff I've written about for years before him, that that was a paranormal project. And so that kind of hurts the credibility when the same people are telling us Roswell was real. We're also kind of chasing Bigfoot and doing all the things that you see they're still doing on the Skinwalker television show on the History Channel that really undermines the credibility, especially for the scientific community. So it makes it really hard. Um, uh, and credibility, you know, is something you and I, as you and I know, is is something that's very precious. Uh, if you're trying to uh, represent this topic in a credible way. Yes. Um, there's no need to muddy the waters with the all the real stuff that's going on. So, yeah, I, th I think um, this is a, I'm, I think she wants to know what is the content of this story? <laughs> we are talking, uh, we're talking about the whistleblower. Yes, but we're also talking about, um, what what we need to verify, you know, I mean, to verify these things, it seems like this guy would have the protection at this point where he could get these things verified because of the whistleblower. I don't know exactly what it was called, but it's the act where they have amnesty more or less. So um, it seems to me that this... Uh, go ahead, I'm sorry. <laughs> this could actually, you know, start a ball rolling in my opinion, you know, if there may be people that he was connected to that say, well, um, I'm protected. Maybe I'll talk about it. And, you know, I, I this could really be a, a really good forward motion. I think it could be if this is all true. I mean, if there really are crash retrievals, which I am completely still very skeptical of, I don't think we have 
uh, at least of the the crash retrieval cases the public is aware of, I don't think we have a good one. Uh, I think the majority of them, the best is probably, you know, um, Shake Harbor uh, and and then Roswell. But uh, even those, you know, there's not a lot of information. And Roswell, I think, is sketchy. But uh, the other ones are really bad. It gets really bad from there where you have really poor information and just anecdotal information um, that is kind of, you know, contradictory at times. Um, so we don't have a good uh, example of a crash case, which again, so if this is the case, and I think someone made the point, um, someone who has written for the debrief, MJ Benias, uh, made the point that, you know, if that happens, these guys are super clumsy and what the heck are they doing crashing all the time? Uh, which I think is a yeah, great point. So that comes up a lot. And a lot of people say similar things like, how could they possibly have the technology to get here and crash? Well, the only thing I can say to that, you know, and just, just speculation, if if there is indeed some type of um, crashed vehicles here, is that maybe something they encountered with our primitive to their technology somehow uh, interfered with their technology? You know, for instance, you know, there's speculation of radar, um, you know, things that they may not expect to encounter um, in, in normal civilizations, maybe somehow they encounter here. You know, I've wondered a lot of things like that when people are saying that, you know, aliens are walking around breathing the atmosphere. I wonder about are they inoculated? You know, I mean, all the things that but they you know, could, you know, if that's the case, um, we don't know what an attitude would be towards us. If, for instance, they're indifferent to us. They may just come and retrieve their people um, and not care who sees what. Um, why do they care if they don't care about us? Or then if that has happened, because I think we have to remember if there's a third party involved here, if there are extraterrestrials visiting this planet, they can expose themselves at any moment. Um, and if they are visiting us, then some, for some reason they are not wanting to uh, they're being, you know, elusive, um, if that's the case. I think, um, well, somebody makes a point where the military shoots at them, but we have cases in which uh, the military is shot at them and it's had no effect. And I think these are, um, some of these are very credible cases. And I think the most credible cases, like the Nimitz case or the Theodore Roosevelt case or the Washington, D.C. case uh, in 1952 or the Iranian case, um, in Tehran, you know, you have jets mm -hmm. scrambled yeah. to go chase these objects. Uh, mm -hmm. These objects have no problem outmaneuvering us and then take, take off at great speed. Um, so I think that's what's interesting about uh, Kirkpatrick of Arrow uh, bringing up in, the, in his congressional hearings and at the NASA panel, these metallic orbs that have been being observed because that could be the nature of the phenomena, um, something similar to what Avi Loeb from Harvard uh, and Kirkpatrick speculated about in a paper, which is the possibility of, you know, these orbs coming to observe us um, and that they can outmaneuver us and fly away. Um, so they don't really, they're, they're not threatened by us in any way. Um, that seems to make sense. And I think that uh, on the surface, you know, the data we have available to us publicly does make a strong case for that. And I think Kirkpatrick is even kind of um, 
alluded to that sort of thing um, overtly in that paper, which was just speculation. But then partially when he's talking about these mysterious orbs that they they can't make heads or tails of. Here's a, uh, this is something that it, I, I sort of get where Bill is, is going here. All evidence is always classified, so it's more than just claims. And I understand what he's making by that statement. And so that is an issue if it is classified and it could be under the umbrella of national security. Will we ever be able to see this evidence to back up these claims? But there's a problem with that logic is that, oh, it's classified. So it's not more than just claims. It is just claims. You're right. It's classified. So we can't verify that it is more than just a claim. But that doesn't mean that it's more than just a claim. Um, it's allegedly classified. We don't know what's classified or not. Someone else said, hey, why doesn't he understand the the inspector general has been given uh, the information? We don't know that. We don't know for a fact the inspector general seen anything substantial. He could have been given fake documents. He could have been given false testimony. We don't know that. And again, that doesn't mean that Gersh is the one who's provided fake documents or false testimony. Um, it just means that he was convinced it was real and then shared that information, which is probably, you know, I think that we would all agree a responsible thing for him to do. So he can be a good actor in all of this and still um, not have accurate information. That is entirely possible. And people are like, oh, somebody says, oh, come on. But we've seen this in the past. You know, we've seen uh, some of these same individuals that uh, have worked with the UAP task force, or at least with OSAP, you know, were fooled by Doty, Richard Doty, and the false information that he shared. Mm. They were fooled by uh, some of them, the Roswell information, that the Roswell uh, um, uh, autopsy, and thought they were real. They were also, some of them, fooled by Lazar. Some of that group believe, believes Lazar is real. So I, I do not mean to disparage any of these people by saying that. Some of these people I consider friends. I'm just saying that, you know, um, just because they believe something is true doesn't mean it is true. We need the receipts. Until we get the receipts, we don't know for sure. They're just claims. To your point, any of these substantial claims are, are classified, and there's certainly classified information out there that we have not seen yet. Congress has told us that, but we don't know what that information is yet. When you say the receipts, are you meaning documents that relate directly to, you know, uh, uh, classified documents? I mean, yeah, some sort of document, something official, um, whether that be, uh, you know, Arrow coming out and saying we verified this, it's real, uh, Congress coming out or someone else coming out and saying we've verified it and it's real. Uh, or, or documents that demonstrate this is real. It's funny because someone says that I seem bitter. Um, it's interesting that you say that because I don't feel bitter. Um, I don't know, Martin, if you think I've come across bitter. But uh, I would say perhaps that uh, I am a little frustrated in that, um, you know, I think that people are trying to um, um, connect apples and oranges kind of thing that, uh, a claim is just a claim until it's substantiated. Uh, and just because it's allegedly classified doesn't mean it is classified. Um, and there are there is information that has been classified that is inaccurate 
um, also, but it's classified because it can be disruptive in some way um, or misrepresent the situation. So um, what the heck? Someone's talking about Wheat Ridge Farmers. I was a Wheat Ridge Farmer, Wheat Ridge High School. We were the farmers. Oh, you're kidding. Ridge Farmer? Someone knows you from uh, from high school? <laughs> maybe, maybe. That's <laughs> How about that? So, hey, um, so I'm going to allow the people, um, we're going to be talking about Enigma Labs here in a, in a few okay. minutes, but I'm going to allow the people, if you have uh, a question that you'd like to throw in there, um, please make it a good question and uh, and make it in all caps, if you would, so, so we catch it. But, um, and I did see... Oh yeah, I mean this is this will get us off track, but um, have either one of us? Yes, I do talk about my encounter. I really don't want to take up the time uh, in this, but thank you for asking. I've had it told it many times in this podcast. Mine was rather a boring encounter, but it was enough to get me here in this seat. Yeah, so. mine's boring too, and I've told it on your podcast too. I'm sure. Um, definitely, I've told you on the air, if not on my podcast or yours. So um, I won't bore people either. Go look it up, but I have had a setting like you. Nothing that exciting. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, let's see. Here's a here's what I think is a good question. Will Congress share what they find? What I think, think that's a great question, and I think that's another question that um, people don't realize. So, the Pentagon is part of the executive um, branch of the government, um, and then uh, of course you have the congressional branch of the government. Congress would have to ask the executive to share the information if they came across something. But the executive could take them, and that's what these classified briefings are. These classified briefings that we've seen them have is the Pentagon saying, hey, here's some information we can share with you, but this is classified information that we think needs to remain classified. And Congress typically agrees, you're right, this information does have to remain classified, so it does remain classified. When it comes to these aero briefings, I believe that the classified information more has to do with foreign technology than it does uh, with alien technology, but it could be that, you know, that the, the Congress approaches the executive and they say, here's what's going on and we just don't think it's wise to share this and here's why, and Congress agrees. Um, and so Congress decides not to share that information either. And that's not unprecedented in that, you know, Congress has not shared the information that they've heard in the classified UAP briefings. And um, even though they say it's compelling and they think some of it should be shared, uh, and I'm, you know, and it must be compelling because every single Congress member who has gone into these classified briefings have come out saying this is a serious topic and we need to investigate this. So they're seeing some really interesting stuff, but they're not sharing it. So Congress could choose not to share it. You know, I think the umbrella of national security can be pretty big. So I'm just, I, I, with that being said, you know, I don't have a real high confidence that we're going to know a, a lot. You know, someone wrote in here, does this mean there's going to be disclosure um you know i i don't know I don't, I don't think by our government that you know obviously when this pentagon made a statement like they did yesterday um there's they're not they don't seem to be heading any particular you know i mean Someone, if, go ahead 
I was just going to say the person who asked the Congress question had a follow up question. That's also good. Can a Congress person go rogue and share it, even if not oh, yeah. um, approval by the executive? Yes, they could. But they're not going to again, they're just going to be claims at that point um, unless they decide to go public with some documents. But then they are are taking a huge risk. They could um, go to jail for that, just like any other person. So um, that is possible. And someone wants to know uh, what agency basically decides something is from off planet versus drone tech. I mean, do you, that's I another mean, great question, and that's another problem. And and here's why I say that the problem is that, like I talked about, it's difficult to do science in these SAP programs. And you know, um, I believe that, for instance, the information Jeremy Corbell and George Knapp are sharing is most likely coming from former UAP task force people who believe those cases are um, unidentified. But a couple of those cases have been debunked and they were not unidentified. Mm -hmm. So we've got to rely on the veracity um, or the um, rigor of the investigation that was done by the military and they could be wrong. And uh, that's why I think the scientific community, most likely NASA itself, and this is the path that Kirkpatrick wants to take, is that if they do find anything they think is truly anomalous, then they'll pass that on to NASA to confirm whether or not it's anomalous. I think that even though that's not a hard procedure at this point, um, but it is what uh, the direction Kirkpatrick wants to go. I think that's the way it would go publicly anyway. I think that NASA and the scientific community would want to verify any of these military claims. Okay. Um, here is uh, the question I imagine is uh, supposedly he did testify under oath and brought, um, you know, some documents with him. And is this the first time somebody has said this under oath? This very particular thing, it's hard to know. We wouldn't really know exactly. The only other situation that we know of would be Eric Davis. Um, you know, we have been confirmed that Eric Davis has briefed uh, the Congress. And um, but again, Eric Davis just had secondhand information. I think Chris Mellon put it best back then when Eric Davis talked to Congress and he said something similar in his political uh, opinion piece that was also uh, picked up by uh, Newsweek just a couple weeks ago, or was it, it might've been just last week where he said, you know, this is information that is alleged, um, but that they have enough information. Uh, Congress has enough information now to go investigate, to try to confirm that information. And here's uh, another question here. Uh, I personally don't know so I can't I can't really speculate on this myself. I don't know what you think. Yeah, it's the same as with the rest of all of this. Um, we just don't know. Um, again, it's a claim that is very, very um, uh, fringe, bombastic. And I don't say that to to be despairing. And I, I say that a lot because I don't say it for that reason. But I do say it because I see this from the perspective of the traditional scientific community and media. And that is going to make them hesitate um, when they hear claims like that. Right. All right. Well, uh, I think we should talk about, I know you've got to go. I've got to go get ready for my next show with uh, Tony Harris from the Proof is Out There is coming right up after this show. Um, so, Let's talk about Enigma Labs. That's yeah. something you're heavily involved in. 
Yeah, Enigma Labs. I'm the head of content and research for Enigma Labs. Uh, very exciting. You know, you can go to enigmalabs.io and see more about it. But we're essentially trying to help. NASA says they need more data, and that's what we're trying to do is gather data uh, via an app and our website. Um, we have the app out. So go, if you have an, an Apple phone, go to uh, the Apple store and search Enigma Labs, and you can download our app, and you'll see uh, a very cool map with uh, thousands and thousands of UAP sightings. You can click on them and get more information. You'll notice some of those sightings have a big circle, uh, a bigger circle. Those are ones where you can click those and you're gonna get uh, a full on article that is cited. Uh, I think our articles are some of the best out there about these cases, including the cases that I reviewed earlier that I think are very credible um, with tons of links to where you can find uh, more information about those uh, cases, kind of Wikipedia style, including all of the uh, um, government documents. One of the uh, cases that I think is is really exciting is we have an article on UAP and nukes, and a lot of people are familiar with the work of Robert Hastings, however, who kind of brought a lot of this to light to the, to the more contemporary UFO researchers. But the people who brought up UAP and nukes as an issue was the Army, the CIA, the Air Force at the very beginning. This is during the Blue Book years that you can, that um, this became an issue. This article you'll find at enigmalabs.io. So a lot of people are, are kind of saying, oh, these guys are part of the government. Some people are saying, why aren't you sharing your relationship with the government? Well, we have. Um, you know, Susan Goff, the same one who spoke about Arrow earlier, has said that, you know, they are evaluating us um, to use us um, uh, to help them gather data. Uh, and um, so we're very excited about that. Um, you know, it also came out in Politico that we were part of a NASA um, conference where we shared data with them. Um, so, yeah, so we are taking this very seriously and working with different organizations to um, help them gather data and gather sighting information. Um, you know, some people, the more conspiratorial types who are wondering about the data, it's the same kind of thing. You know, my whole career in this field has been writing or sharing information. And, um, and that's what we're doing at Enigma Labs. For instance, these articles that I just told you about, I mean, if we were really part of some kind of conspiracy, would we be writing an article with links to all the government documents about how it was the government themselves who, you know, identified that UAP uh, seemed to be around nuclear facilities more than others? In fact, it was a big concern. I highly recommend people go to Enigma Labs at IO and, and go to the library and read that article. Um, and, you know, even with the sightings, if you submit your sighting, of course, just legit sightings, please. If you submit your sighting, you'll see it pop up on the map. Um, so you'll see that transparency where you'll see that that data being put out there. So we're all about sharing the data and information. Um, so, um, yeah, that's great. Well, I'll tell the uh, audience that I down in this YouTube and under uh, the text of the show when I put this out as a podcast will have the app link and the, the show link. So if you click on that, it'll go right. It'll ask you to open your, your And we're, app we're working on Android. There are a couple of people who are like, why oh, yourself? Yeah. Cool. So sorry about that. Um, <laughs> I'm not the tech guy. I'm not a coder, so I'm not sure why it's easier to do Apple first, but we will be on Android soon. 
Yeah, yeah. Excellent, Alejandro. Well, in closing, um, I don't know if there's anything we can say in, oh, in, in closing. I do. Yes. I do. In closing, this is a great question. Mike Adams says, why are the initial reports saying that the government authorized his coming forward? That is a misnomer. So that's a little bit of confusion there. What he is saying is that the government okayed him to say the things that he is saying. That doesn't mean that they're saying they're true. What it means is that um, they're saying that he isn't revealing any classified information. And we've seen this in the past with movies, with, uh, you know, you may remember Chase Brandon. Yes. Wrote a book and that was yeah. also looked at by this. And I've been part of projects, uh, many projects working with military people where the government will look it over to give it a thumbs up but that, to say it's okay, but they're not yeah. looking for accuracy. They're not verifying the claims. They're just making sure there's no classified information that shouldn't be out there included in these claims. So right. um, that's what that is. All right. Great point. All right, Alejandro, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And good luck with uh, with Enigma Labs. Again, I'm going to put all that information for people so they can see that. Great. All right. Thank and you so very much. For those of you watching live, don't forget uh, right at 7 o'clock Eastern, uh, Tony Harris from The Proof is Out There will be on. Thanks so much, Alejandro. My pleasure. Thank you. All right. Good night now.